0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 579 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. This is Joe. I'm here with Todd. Todd, how you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic today. Uh, You doing good?
1: Ah, you know, uh, when you talk on a podcast and then maybe for a super secret science job all day, uh, you really notice that the hole in your lip hasn't completely healed.
0: Oh, we're going to put some salve on that and get it better.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, It just has to be a delicious salve. So I lick it off and it doesn't get a time to, to do its magic.
0: See, I think it should be a bad tasting salve. That way you won't, uh, you know, be, uh, licking it.
1: Well, if it's in my mouth, I'm going to lick it either way, you know?
0: That is true.
1: That and this is, true. is the clean show, so, you know. <laughs> I'm being good. All right. Be careful there. Right. No, it's just one of those things where, like, I I can't put something over it because where the bump is inside my mouth. hmm But I don't even know if it's that noticeable, but, like, I notice sometimes I'm like, oh, it's getting in the way. And, like, I'm, like, stumbling over my words because of my giant inflated lip
0: right and i hate when you mess up words oh
1: boy i never tweet from the wrong account i'll tell you that much (laughs) that is true that's why i have several devices that's so uh if uh this is a bonus for those who attended twitter (laughs) class on after dark this week or will attend twitter class on after dark this week if you have multiple accounts Sometimes it's best to have them on multiple devices. Or if you're an old like me that does desktop browsing, uh, uh, Twitter, it's good to have different browser apps like, oh, uh, you know, Chrome is for this and (laughs) Edge is for that and Explorer, which still kind of is hanging in there is for this and Firefox is for that, you know, and Safari is for this.
0: For dolls.
1: Right. 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 Oh, did I tell you the new one April came up with? And we'll get to comic book stuff here shortly, I promise. (laughs) I'm on, what did April come up with? So she was equally as disgusted (laughs) with doll dude as she was with toy boy. Right. But she did counter offer with figure fella.
0: Oh, so that actually sounds like something you would tip your hat to. Right. Like That's like, hello, fellow fig fella. That's my old timey radio voice, by the Mm. way.
1: Well, we're going to stick to your day job, which is doing a comic book podcast.
0: No good. Let's do that then.
1: Uh, So we have follow-ups to some stories over the last couple weeks and even last week. We have information about the upcoming local comic book shop day since they canceled, uh, you know, the fake free comic book day for Halloween. But we'll get into local comic shop day. And uh, I know, Todd, you don't usually go in for that union stuff.
0: But the people at Image do. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, We have uh, conventions this weekend, we've got digital sales, we got what we read this past week, which was crossover number nine, and Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target number one. Uh, What we're looking forward to coming out this week, Todd Todd and Joe have issues, Todd's Art Attack, and not one, not two, not three, but four television shows to talk about this week. You
0: teased the four shows just the way I was going to do it in my head when I thought I had to open the show.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad.
0: <laughs> yep. So, and I, you're right about unions. because I don't know if you know who runs those, but I assure you it's not the Boy Scouts.
1: Mm. No, there's a jerky boys line uh, right. where Frank Rizzo tells someone that he isn't going for that union stuff.
0: Right. I was doing back to school myself.
1: Oh, okay. It's been a long time since I saw back to school.
0: Uh, Maybe for the Patreon show someday.
1: Right? One day. It'll be on the voting. Well, it's not going to be voting for two years from now. It's been suspended for this episode. All right. So we have a follow-up. Marvel has officially announced... Uh, that February, Joe Kelly's nonstop Spider-Man is going to be returning as Savage Spider-Man, which we knew that was going to be the title of. And officially, we, th- I think we also knew this, that Chris Bacallo is not going to be the artist on this. Right. Uh, I think we speculated the reason that book was late outside of the pandemic was, you know, Chris Bacallo, while a great artist, may not be a great artist that hits deadlines and again, that's why the book is getting redone with a different art team. The artist taking over is Gerardo Sandoval. Okay. I just wanted to kind of close the loop on that thing that we had mentioned a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yep. Uh, no, I wasn't. Re- you were reading uh, nonstop Spider-Man. I kind of dropped out after the first issue. Are you going to be doing uh, Savage Spider-Man?
1: Yeah. You know, I like Joe Kelly. I'll try to pick up anything that he does. He's one of those guys where he has a bunch of, like, creator-owned stuff that he had done and picked up, and, like, the five or the six or the however many issues was done, and he's like, we're going to come back to this and revisit it. I'm like, I got you on the side list here, along with that Gail Simone project that I'm not going to bother about because she just ignores me when I tweeted at her.
0: Right, they can go all the way back to the Lamborghini thing, too. Uh Uh, But, uh, yeah, and you know what? Like, we were talking about Chris Piccolo being late on that, too. I remember at the end of 2020, he had COVID, too, so... yeah. So it's like, there's lots of reasons, but he is not the uh, quickest, uh, uh, artist. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm not going to be picking up Savage, but I can't wait to hear what you think.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, so we talked, uh, week or two ago about Image no longer doing, uh, second printings on stuff for the foreseeable future. Right. Uh, but outside of that, they have, uh, instituted a new retailer exclusive program. hmm Um, you know, obviously putting in different incentives for different covers and stuff. Um, you know, if you're going to order any, you could order the specific variants, but you have to order like 500 of each. And then like there's incentives for like 50 copies of a number one. And then if you stick with 40 copies of the numbers two and number three, then we're going to give you different tiered variants from there. Um... There's monies that have to be paid up front. So it looks like it's like a work in progress at the very least, but at least it's something to kind of counteract uh, them not doing second printings, giving retailers more incentive to buy more up front. And I think uh, and a retailer or someone who works at a retailer could correct me on this, that image already has a pretty good in place uh plan for like unsold copies if you want to send them back or something like that.
0: That I don't know. Like you said, you'd have to talk to, yeah, to yeah. them. Now this is like the retailer exclusive. Like this is the one where you can make yourself covers, right?
1: Uh, I think so.
0: Right. Because I know like with this now, uh, how would you like that? uh long box heroes uh, saga exclusive cover, Joe?
1: Oh boy. Yes.
0: Dig deep into the pocket so we can finally have it.
1: That's going to be deep into the pockets.
0: <laughs> that is true. We have domains to worry about.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's an advanced payment of $500 up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, whatever it would be after the fact. So again, that's maybe something to look into. Yep. At a later date. And that later date might be um, three weeks from now where we have local comic shop day. I remember in the past that, The publishers would coincide uh, local comic shop day with Black Friday.
0: Right, and small business Day Saturday, like in that
1: week, kind of. Yeah. So I think they decided whether this is replacing whatever they would do on small business Friday in adding something in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but what it is, it's just a bunch of, you know, if you're those sort of retail, if you're those sort of people that you want, like the different variants and stuff, these are a bunch of different variants and DC has just recently kind of thrown in with them and Image and Boom and Dark Horse and so on and so forth. Um, but glad to see DC in there, surprised not to see Marvel in here, uh, but it's just special variant covers of some of the, and really some of the bigger books, uh, in a lot of cases, um, You know, DC is doing uh, DC vs. Vampires, Detective Comics, Task Force Z. Um, Image is doing like a foil variant of the first appearance of the governor. And they're also doing a single issue of the Ed Brubaker, Marcos Martin uh, Friday, which was the digital thing through Panel Syndicate. The full trade is coming out this week. And then they're doing like a single issue of it for um uh uh local comic shop day. Right, right. And then there's like a Venom variant that you can only like, get here and I think maybe the biggest thing is uh the new Bendis Dark Horse book that Joy Operations thing. Uh okay. they're doing a local comic shop day variant cover of that.
0: Mhm. Are you interested in personally getting any of these or
1: Um so, you know, I might get the Friday one because I really enjoy that book,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, you know I might get the uh, Ben like the Bendis book. I'm on the fence about only because it's a miniseries, and a lot of times these days a miniseries I'll go more trade waiting on stuff like that, right? Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's there. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have
0: I don't really have any interest in any of them. So yeah. Uh, Cause I don't know some of them like, you know, afterwards go for, for some extra bucks. So mm-hmm. uh, luckily I don't, I don't, it's not one of those that I have to run out to get if you get my meaning. So um, yeah, I'm kind of less money out of my pocket. I'm too busy giving money for football, but anyway.
1: No. And, and so the, the thing about it is it just, you know, variant covers, they're interesting books that are being chosen. It's cool that a lot of the publishers doing this for a lot of their bigger books, uh, James Tinian's um, house of slaughter. That's the spinoff of something is killing the children. Yeah, that's getting like a black and white variant that you can only get this way. And they're not like crazy priced variants. They're just normal cover priced, priced variants. So that's always a good thing, too.
0: Right. But a lot of the, like, you know, full disclosure, a lot of retailers, because they're limited or whatever, they bump them up when they get them. You know what I mean? Mm. And sell them for above. That's what I mean that they that because they're, you know, not the print runs that other stuff have that they go for a premium later. So I'm, like, I'm trying to find them, like, if you don't get them the day one or whatever, that's kind of
1: what I meant. Gotcha. I hear you. So we'll see. We'll yep. see. You know, it's going to be kind of like a day and date when I see them sort of thing, you know? Right. Uh, but last but not least, uh, this week, um, staffers at Image Comics have decided to form a union, the Comic Book Workers United. Mm-hmm. And the long and the short of it is, you know, is your typical, you know, things that a union would do. Um, Most notably, um, you know, salary transparency, benefits, that sort of thing. Right. And just to kind of be included in any sort of decisions that would affect their jobs in the company. Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm not in a union, but my family is a union family. My dad and my brothers were all in the unions um, as well, and I understand there are both pluses and minuses to the two unions, um, but I typically lean toward you being in some sort of service or trade industry. Um, You know, I I know more so that there's a lot of benefits for the unions.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um my family was never like we always owned our own businesses and stuff like that, so I was never like a union family like like you said yours was but i'm f- like I'm for unions and this is gonna get like into the woods here kind of a thing i'm for I'm for them up to a point I think at, at some point they become too powerful, but for something like the comic industry where uh you know creators get stepped on all the time and get you know, yes. you know and stuff like the like the creators. At at comics places have no power. So a union
1: will help them. You know what I mean? And I think it's a good thing. Right. And that's what I think is, like, the kind of beneficial thing to it, at the very least in this. And I think this would be the first ever, like, publishers, employees union attempted to be formed in, like, comic history, right? Uh,
0: attempted to be formed? No. I know someone said... 'Cause I was looking through some of the tweets as they were discussing it. Back in the seventies or eighties, Denny, I want to say it was Denny O'Neill, tried to start a union at DC and got railroaded. It wasn't gonna happen. Mm. But that's the thing. It was one of the big two where image is more a creator owned thing and therefore the creators. So it's more it was if it was gonna happen anywhere, it was more most likely gonna happen there.
1: Yeah. And then Images' statement on it is that they've always believed in the fair and equitable treatment of staff and have always strived to support employees to the best of our company's abilities with regards to their employment. And that's not them supporting or decrying the union, but it is a very wishy-washy statement. Right. Um, and I'm just going to give one quick
0: story as to why I'm anti-union sometimes. And this is more of a joke. One time I was home watching TV and I was watching The Simpsons. Yes. And my brother's girlfriend, he came home with his girlfriend one night and she walked in and told me I had to turn off the TV and she shut off the TV because Simpsons was animation. And it wasn't union and I couldn't watch it. And I was like, <laughs> not in my house. Like, not in this house. Like, my brother knew she had made a mistake to me. <laughs> I was like, Larry, get her out of here. Like, I'm watching The Simpsons. And this is, like, season three to season ten, Simpsons. Oh, so. yeah, this
1: is prime, you know? Right. Yeah, I'm
0: sure. Like get, like, get a step in. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, he dumped her shortly after that. So
1: To be so brazen to walk mm-hmm. into someone's home and, like, oh. I don't know you... But I'm dating someone that you know. I'm going to impose my beliefs and ideals on you, stranger.
0: Oh. In your home. I was hot, man. I was hot. But Larry was even like, oh, you contained yourself well, Todd. I will give it to you. I was like, yeah, I wasn't gonna. This was when I was young and, you know, crazy. (laughs) So it was like, I was very restrained.
1: Teenage Todd.
0: Yes. Oh. My backstory is my origin story. Show
1: <laughs> That'll be for your zero issue or your negative one issue or something like that. There you go. Uh, so, hey, we have conventions this weekend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this weekend is giant sized Charlotte mini con. There is no heroes con this year, but this is like their next best thing. Mm hmm. And uh, it's actually pretty big uh, for being giant-sized and mini at the same time. Uh, Mark Bagley is going to be there. Steve Epting, Al Milgram, uh, Robert Newsom—actually, someone I know personally who's like oh. uh, like a musician, zine sort of creator in like a lot of different spaces—is going to be there. And uh, Kyle Starks is going to be there. Uh, one of our, I would say, top five favorite creators.
0: Yes, d- yeah, definitely. I wonder if uh, Chris Weiser was going to do a double show. That'd be cool.
1: I didn't see his name on the list, but you know, I'll be completely honest with you—the way that they did the announcement on their page. Um, no, I get you. Yeah, it might have been a little difficult to figure out the image and the way that it worked, and so forth. All right?
0: They should put it on. They should just send you directly to a Facebook page and the link.
1: A lot of them tried to this week. That's why there's only two conventions we're talking about. (laughs) So there's another convention? So there's an even bigger convention, a shockingly humongous convention happening uh, in Rhode Island, the Rhode Island Comic Con. I'm going to guess that it's in Providence because that's really the only city in Rhode Island. Uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, Brett Breeding are going to be there on the comic book side. Uh, But on entertainment guests, Todd, batting down the hatches, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got William Shatner, uh, you've got uh, Sensei Lawrence, William Zabka, and Martin Cove, the evil Ooh. Sensei Kreese, mm-hmm. are going to be there. Uh, Carl Weathers is going to be there. Uh, the Honky Tonk Man,
0: Ooh. Jerry
1: the King Lawler, John Bradshaw Layfield, Tom Arnold, not a wrestler, but still going to be there. Right. Uh, from AEW, uh, Matt Hardy is going to be there. Adam Cole, but not his baby, are going to be there. <laughs> Britt Baker is going to be there, and Ruby Soho are going to be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Ray Deadly, who should be out of the business, is going to be there. Uh, and it appears, though, there's, like, a giant, like, clerk's reunion, because Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson, Jason Muse, Kevin Smith, and both the guys who played the ooh, Navy SEALs guys are going to be there.
0: Oh, we're going?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> That's uh, huge, like, as I'm putting the putting together the list of people, I'm like, oh, I always look at the comic guests first, you know? Right. Because uh, we're a comic book show. And then I'm looking at the media guests, and I'm like, oh, boy, there's a lot of media guests that I, rec- like, there's tons of media guests going to be there. But, like, what's of interest to, like, our listeners, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Is this the one with Steve Epting, too?
1: No, Steve Epting's at uh the mini the the giant size oh. mini heroes con. Uh,
0: that's the one. If anybody goes to and they can get a uh, a something off him, give me a g- hit me up.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, that's a that's a good thing. Steve Epting, he doesn't, I guess, get out much or stuff.
0: No, and he doesn't do a lot of like stuff like that. When he goes to cons, sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't, and sometimes you know, like he, he's tough to get something off of. But yeah, it, and I love Epting stuff. Like he's mm-hmm. one of those guys. I have a page from him. But I always wanted to get, you know, directly, like, a commission or a sketch. Oh,
1: sure. So, uh, you know, if you're listening, uh, let us know, and then maybe we'll, like, signal boost it as well when the show comes out, you know? There you go. Uh, but, hey, another way of signal boosting things is soon to be network.com, soon to be Uh Anytime any of the shows in the soon-to-be-named network go live, whether it be this show, Longbox Heroes After Dark, add-ons with wrestling. We need wrestling. Final wrestling place. Puzzle Warriors three. Profane argument. Hit my music. Uh, Porch talk and wings on wings. Anytime any of those shows go live, you could find them over at soon-to-be-name-network.com.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, unrelated. No movement on that thing that I talked to you about about the Studebaker last week. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> I just want to throw that in there because we're talking about it. Right. And anytime anyone from those shows show up on other shows and they let me know, that also shows up on soon to be networkcom I was just recently on IWTV Guide, and one, not only did they break format, two, it was their longest show ever, which I had previously set the record for their longest show ever previously, and they, uh, I think, booked me again to come on sometime in January, so...
0: I'm sure every time you come on the show they start with it's gonna be a short show.
1: Oh boy. I try, man. I try, but you know, I I, I blather, you know.
0: You're 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 a wealth of knowledge, Joe. Useless knowledge, but a yes. wealth of
1: knowledge. Yes. I say if it could help no one nowhere, I know it. Exactly. Uh you'd also check out some of our friends, Kevin Hellions over at Mass Library, his weekly podcast that goes up on Thursday, Hellions Talks. Uh, And his blogging that he does of various trades and so forth, videos that he puts up as his finds at thrift stores, dollar stores, Five Below's, and so forth. Uh, Rick Williams, The Chop Shop, all those cool resin and glow-in-the-dark sci-fi fantasy wrestling figures that he does. Jason Sandberg's Jupiter and Chris Runt's Battle Monsters, both listeners of our show – uh, both put out their own self-published comic books that you could find over at comiXology and of course i would be remiss not to mention our local comic book store which is becoming a haven for dogs recently
0: oh it is it is a, it's like a, more of, than a fire hydrant a haven for dogs
1: two by my count
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh comics on the green uh whether you do not have a comic book shop in your area or you do not have a good comic book shop in your area, let our comic book shop be the comic book shop for you. Uh, They do a very thorough, very complete mail order subscription business, whether you're getting books sent to you weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. Uh, There's a chance that you can get a sketch on said book package our good friend Becky and you can go check out her work and her process over on her social media which is all linked up and all these things are linked up in every single one of our show posts that accompany this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also if you're not a physical media uh, person when it comes to comic books there's still a ton of sales going on. Digitally, uh, IDW's horror sale is still hanging in there. Dark Horse having a sale on Hellboy related stuff. Titan has added a Doctor Who sale, I think, because Doctor Who is back.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: DC having a Joker's Greatest Stories uh, sale. And anytime that there's a sale like this, I always like to plug because it is really one of my favorite and underrated uh joker stories that emperor joker story that was more of a superman story but i think should be included in this mm-hmm. because you know it's a joker story it should be included in the greatest joker stories ever hulud. you know right still um, never
0: read emperor joker
1: ah uh, again if only we weren't reading something else you know right uh but yeah that you know that's included in the sale so definitely check that out for just a different take on a uh a joker tale if you will uh then marvel is having a sale on new avengers related stuff and eternal stuff for some reason
0: i wonder if there's a film coming out
1: yeah i wonder uh so let's get into what we read from this past week todd i'm going to kick it over to you to start with uh what you were most looking forward to coming out last week
0: which is Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target written by Brandon Thomas, artist Ronan Cliquette. That's how I'm guessing you say his name. Um, this has this basically has two storylines going on at one time. One is a like evil scientist who's conducting time travel experiments throughout the story. And we find out that like it was two years ago, 18 months ago, like throughout the story, we keep jumping closer to present. Um, and then one of the, uh, the other story is that uh, Green Arrow is going down to Atlantis to break into Aquaman's uh, throne room, his, his bedroom. I'm not really sure what room, but he wants to talk to him and they go down and they end up getting in a fight. And because of something at which we're inclined to believe is these time travel experiments, but it's never truly like stated, something has interfered with both of their lives. And I'm going to give the bit away. That's really the 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 spoiler in this. I don't like doing it, but it's the the only thing in this book that like sells it is that for some reason – Aquaman is now living Green Arrow's life and Green Arrow is living Aquaman's life. Both know how to do the other's thing. Like, uh, Ollie can swim underwater and breathe, talk to fish and Aquaman can, can, uh, you know, use a bow and arrow and they understand all that. They don't know what's up, but they're like, you did it. And the other one's like, no. So basically misunderstandings, uh, happen. And the, in the end, they're like, Oh, we're going to go figure this out. Uh, and the, we figure that they're heading to this time travel experiment people. Um, it's a very light story. Everything I've told you is like, that's the story. Uh, I I couldn't add any more to this review if I wanted because it's very light and airy. But I do like the gimmick of uh, them switching, and they both make fun of the other, the classic jokes like oh you just have a bow and you just you know swim and it's fun and they rip apart each other's lives in different ways. Like Aquaman has no need. For wealth, and he's like, all oh, your useless wealth, Ollie. And he's like, well, I like my wealth, but I don't want to live underwater. And I'm like, all right, all this is fun, but there's nothing to this story other than the the switch. Uh, I'm actually gonna read more because I like the idea of the switch, but. I've just told you the whole book from beginning to end.
1: So is this like the beginning of an ongoing? Is this a mini series? I thought this was like a one shot or something.
0: I thought it was too, but looking at the cover, like everything now I will give DC credit has their limited series stamp on the cover, which they never tell you when you order issue one, you know what I mean? That I know, but now it's one of seven. Okay. So it's going to be a mini series. So hopefully everything will revert when it's all over, but like I said, not much here in the first issue.
1: Right. Okay, so uh, this, my book, Crossover number 9, uh, written by Donny Cates, primarily art by Jeff Shaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you read this?
0: Yes, I get this book.
1: Okay. So, again, we get books, but sometimes, you know, things fall behind, things don't get read in time for the show. Um, so... We have the story of everything that's going on with uh, Ryan and Ellie. Mm -hmm. Ryan is very concerned about Ellie's well-being. While Ellie is being questioned by uh, Walker and Pilgrim from the Brian Michael Bendis comic uh, Powers, which you have never read, right?
0: Right. I have no idea who these characters are. Okay. So they do a bit in the
1: book and uh they do a bit in the book where walker and pilgrim are questioning ellie Mm -hmm. and ellie realizes that this is a bit out of the powers comic book Mm -hmm. and she kind of puts her foot down that she's not going to do it um and i thought if you had ever read powers um this was so hilarious and like she even starts questioning them back of like okay at what part of the storyline are you guys from? And mm-hmm. she starts asking them questions like this or this and this. And she's like, okay, I know where you guys are. And that's kind of sort of a way, because there was a bit in the book um, where, you know, uh, the lead character, Walker, used to be a superhero. And now he's on the forest and he's keeping his superpowers secret, but all the superhero people know him um. And it was, like, kind of an interesting, you know, police procedurally thing with superhero stuff in there. And then Bendis kind of started getting all up in his head about it, and it's like, this story begins back at the dawn of man, and there's monkeys and all this other stuff, right? And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're way, way far away from what this story originally was supposed to be, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I feel as though Ellie kind of questioning that was like, okay, is this before the book got bad? Is this when I'm (laughs) talking to you guys, you know?
0: Which is a good gag, but I had no idea.
1: Right. So that's the thing. A a gag that's lost on you having never read Powers, but just the way that the dialogue was, the way the panels were laid out and all that sort of stuff, right?
0: Right. I will say this about that gag, though, is it works in that I do understand her questioning where in a storyline someone is. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it works to an effect, but not the way it worked for you. But I also like, really quick to interrupt you and I'll let you get back, is where, because it's Brian Michael Bendis related, the one character keeps saying, it's just going to be people in the room talking and talking and talking and talking. And I'm like, that's a Bendis book, but go
1: ahead. So I feel as though this was like a big monumental issue for this storyline. And I know that you'd said like some of the delays kind of hurt your enjoyment of this, but- the fact that whether Ellie comes to the realization herself or Ryan is more or less told the revelation that this is a world where the comic book characters exist and someone is out there killing the comic book creators. Well, if the creator is dead, what happens to the creator?
0: To the Yes, to the characters,
1: you mean. To the character. And I'm like, ooh, that's like such an interesting take on it, right? Mm-hmm. And without getting too far into spoilery stuff uh, in the end, but this is not the only book that we'll be talking about this week that does an homage to Batman's origin.
0: Right. I will say this, though, Joe. Yes. Fool me once on Madman. I do not think we're going down the road. That, like, now I'm thinking of several other themed characters that it could be, if that makes Uh any sense. Because I was like, oh, you got me before, but you're not getting me again. Because if you get the get that you're trying to do, uh, I think we would have heard about it. (laughs) Yes. But it's very interesting. And I like it. And I like, like, the whole bit about where the creator has his conventions and how it works. I'm like, this is all fun. Yes, this book, Being Late, does hurt it. But I will admit the last couple of pages, I was like, all right, I'm back on board.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you've fallen behind on crossover just because the book has been late for a variety of reasons, of course, Substack notwithstanding, <laughs> uh, definitely check Crossover out. I thought this was like kind of like a return to form for the book, you know?
0: Right. But speaking of Substack, I think issue 10 is on Substack, Joe.
1: No, oh. no. The next two issues at the very least seem to be on track and on schedule. So. Oh, okay. Let's talk in 2022 before we start running a poor sub stack, the mod, you know? Yep, yep. Uh, so there's that. That's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print whether you get them digitally whether you get them sent to your home however it is that you get your books before worn before arm know what's coming out this week still no bags and backs i think right
0: um actually i was there today perusing visiting max and they're not the brands that uh that we're used to but he got back uh he got boards from somewhere
1: there was a, that might be those imported ones from Greenland. He was telling me about two oh, weeks ago.
0: There you go. That were you know flown in. They
1: jettisoned the Spectrox so they could fit the backing boards in. So I'll tell you this: it definitely was not our retailer, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh And it's I'm it's either a retailer that no longer exists, which is plentiful in our area, or it was a convention in our area, okay? Right. Right. Where I went, I bought back issues. And, you know, whatever, like they were bagged and backed whatever. It's like, oh, it's a full run of like slingers or something like that. I'm like, oh, I get a full run of slingers, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as I'm bringing them home, I notice that the, the bags themselves are kind of flimsy. You know, they're like, eh, whatever. So I'm like, I'll rebag and back them. Board and when right, I, I take it. them out, the backs... Uh, seemed flimsy as well.
0: Oh, what were they like? Cardboard from something?
1: From cereal boxes.
0: Oh. <laughs> You're supposed to use the other side of a cereal box to write comics with an X on it so you can advertise for your table. <sighs> oh, no, wait. That's empty beer case boxes.
1: Yeah. But it was like the whole run of Slingers was all, all the bags, all the backs on the bags were uh, cut to fit uh, cereal boxes.
0: I, I will say this. If you're if you have comic bags and in there are pieces of cereal boxes, those are backs. Boards are what you should buy for, from the real distributor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you can get in with PGX, that's the way to go. Joe. Did you see they replied to you? Yes, to to the bassist. He was like, "Why don't we, you know, with where?" Because I I wanted to flip them, the ones that I had. And he's like, "Well, you should get them. Uh, what was it uh, graded? You get you get bags and boards graded. You should go through PGX and PGX. I think did the what the scratch in the chin emoji." Yes, <laughs> I was like, "Hey, we got that's the most we've ever got from PGX."
1: <sighs> we make fun of their practices in a public forum. They reply. <laughs> when we contact them privately about an opportunity they ignore us there's that word again (laughs) so todd and i attempt to guess what the others are most looking forward to coming out this week uh we have only a few weeks left in the year and i have a two correct guess over todd so i can play fast and loose but i'm not playing with the house's money just yet oh
0: i can't imagine
1: Luckily we both have uh light weeks this week, and I have to ask you as I look at your books, I always like to do this on air. What is New Burn? That is the new Chip Sidarsky
0: detective book from Image?
1: Ah, yes.
0: You believe you know the
1: one, right? Or, or now, no, the, now that you say it, I know. Okay. But I think the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week would be Human Target Number One.
0: That if that was the layup of layups right there, mm-hmm. even though Newburn, you know, would be a good guess. And I do like Tom Taylor for Dark Knights of Steel, but Justice League International related stuff, and I don't know whether it's going to be good or bad yet. Yeah, that's the book I'm most looking forward to, Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking over your stuff too. My bad is the new uh Mark Russell, not the uh musical political satirist, but the other <laughs> one, right? Yes, okay. um, is the book you're looking forward to also human target number one?
1: No, it's is not it my bad? no, it's not that either. Is it Dark Knights of Steel? It's Dark Knights of Steel.
0: Oh my God, Joe! All right, I officially give up on uh, this year. So <laughs> you could just take the the W, and we could stop now.
1: No, no, we. Ha- I have to continue to pound you into the dirt. I mean, okay. Uh... <laughs> oh, that sounds like a Terry Tuesday right there. No, no, he does. His he, he pours that fancy store bought dirt on himself. I can't compete with um, that, so and again, human target definitely on the list. But as I'm looking at the two of them. I'm like, I didn't love the way that um, Strange Adventures stuck the landing.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there,
1: but... I like all the pieces that are involved in what human target can be. But what will it be? What will it be is the question. Whereas uh, Dark Knights of Steel is essentially like, what if Batman and superman were knights in the medieval times and tom taylor's a really good writer and the art looks really keen and i'm like this is like an easier book for me to be excited about
0: okay i think you're lying this is the one time i'm gonna say it no I'm kidding um yeah i get it i get it because it's literally what it's gonna do what it
1: says on the tin or the steel joe right so while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, or the 2021 smash sensation Todd and Joe Have Issues, where we are rereading the mid-to-late 2000s run on Jota Hex by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, and we are coming toward the end of the much-maligned, maybe-redeeming-itself, maybe-not- Spider Clone Saga. Right. Uh, so, I had two issues of Jonah Hex to read this past week. Issues 57 and 58. Um, again, we can kind of go over, like, the bullet points on these sort of things. 57 uh, starts out two kids fishing. Talking about tall tales in regards to Jonah Hex. Uh, one kid heard a story from crazy mr davis the drunk down the road right of the one time that jonah hex killed 10 men with one bullet and then we get kind of a fictional recreation retelling of this Mm -hmm. uh which was a lot of fun in and of itself a little thing like that and i was thinking that maybe we were going to get uh an issue of You know, these kids and maybe some other kids telling stories about Jonah Hex that were kind of fanciful, uh, like that one episode of Batman the Animated Series.
0: The one time the Batmobile drove right up the wall,
1: Joe. That's right. Oh, Joel, you and your stories. (laughs) Right. Um, But then we're kind of kicked back into reality uh, where the one kid's father shows up and is like, Yeah, we got word of Jonah Hex is in town. Uh, We're closing up the school and we're (laughs) requesting everyone to stay indoors for the next week. Or, you know, he got himself a hotel room, so he's going to be here for a while. And I'm like, oh, okay, I like this. Like, here's how real people actually react to Jonah Hex showing up. Not the usual miscreants and sheriffs that Jonah seems to attract, you know.
0: Right, right.
1: Uh, So I thought that was like a fun bit that we get this late in the thing, you know. Uh, but obviously these kids are curious, Jonah Hex is in town, uh, so they decide to sneak out late at night just to get a glimpse of Jonah Hex, and not only do they catch a glimpse of Jonah Hex, but I would say the majority of the Jonah Hex rogues gallery shows up. Uh Batlash, the Trigger Twins, Scalp Hunter, Nighthawk, and Cinnamon all show up. Right. Because they're all on the, uh, trail of Bloody Jack, who's got a $500 Wanted Dead or Alive bounty on him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Joan and Scalp Hunter have some previous issues. Um, then, uh, Bloody Jack shows up and the kids have to reach for cover while there's a big giant shootout in the middle of town. Um... And, yeah, this was just a fun issue, you know? I, I like, I, I'm not really sure what more you could say about it. Yep, it's um, just. I like the part where the kids say to, who were, like, Cinnamons, like, all right, you boys have had enough excitement for one night. And the one kid's, may I say, you're even prettier than my mom. And she won a prize at the county fair. Yep. Was it a prize, like, for being pretty? I don't know what they have things like that for, you know?
0: Or an apple pie, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I like that this was, you know, as ridiculous and fanciful as the killed 10 men with one bullet story was mm-hmm. that the kids got to bear witness firsthand to a pretty crazy Jonah Hex story.
0: Right. My famous my favorite bit was between uh, Scalp Hunter and Jonah, just trying to break each other's noses over and over again throughout the, right. Df- the issue. But, yeah, it's a fun. It's like I said, these are one and dones and sometimes they're more fun. Um, Sometimes they're a little more brutal. See the next story,
1: Joe. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Uh so uh issue 58 here. Um and I didn't mention uh in the previous issue there that it was Jordi Bernay as the artist, right? Right. Um and this issue is I didn't write it down. I apologize.
0: I can't think of the name either. Um I'm looking at it right here. Uh the name of the uh, Gina Carlo Carlo uh, Caruso. Yeah.
1: So there's a narrative in this uh, throughout the course of the the issue about, like, the bullet. I have one purpose, you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I thought that in and of itself was a really interesting take to have on all of this, right? Right. But I feel as though, like, the story itself, in a good way, gets too busy and kind of overshadows um, the majority of this narrative that the bullet, quote-unquote, is telling, right? Right. Because um, we get this deal about a land deal between these two guys, Kavanaugh and Quinn, that maybe goes bad. Um, You know, we get a woman being disfigured and attempting to go and seek revenge on Jonah with the assistance of uh, the dancer from a couple weeks ago. Uh, who can no longer dance because Jonah didn't kill her, but shot her, like, in the spine so she can never walk again. And now all she has is her voice, and she's going around town to town with Lady Songbird's Traveling Show. Right, right. And she's like, yeah, here you go. Uh, I tried... I'm a dancer. I tried to double-cross Jonah. Now all I have is my voice. Uh, And it's, your, and it's his fault that he gave you that scar. Here's this gun. Go take care of it. <laughs> Hopefully it'll uh, work out. <laughs> right. And we get into all this involvement of uh, what is it? Uh, The guy's name is Earl, the butcher and there's a bounty out on the guy and Jonah brings him back uh, to the woman, miss Sprague, who was the spouse of the guy who was killed in the land deal. And then on a whim, Jonah just gets a feeling that something's not on the up and up. He calls this miss Sprague out on it. And it turns out his hunch was right she had no intentions of paying Jonah and this was all a setup and that she was essentially put the bounty out on this guy to cover up what she had done, which was hiring this guy that Jonah brought in to kill her husband so that she can get all the land. Right. Uh, So of course there's a scuffle there. Jonah gives her the opportunity to make good on everything, uh, but not before curb stomping her against a treasure chest to get the deed out for the land.
0: Well, she was going to pull a gun on him. Yes. So it's not like he just did it. it was right. Like... It was the
1: second time that she tried to take uh, take a shot at Jonah.
0: Right. So he first, took
1: care first of First one I'll give you. Mm-hmm. Second one, you're going to get your teeth bashed in. Yeah. Third one, you're going to get a, ha- a punch in the nose and a hanging.
0: Yep. That was a brutal scene, though, Joe.
1: It certainly was. <laughs> yep. And uh, and then we get the little bit there where obviously Jonah had brought the woman who he had accidentally scarred with her and he kind of spared her life. And she kind of gets to be, at least for this story, the audience's voice. And I think this is like it's it's kind of been the running theme with most of the Jonah stories. But I think we get a little bit more succinctly told to us, the readers, that like Jonah's like code of ethics code of like what's right and wrong is all dictated by whether or not this person is a bounty on them or not.
0: Somewhat, yes.
1: You know, and like that's v- like boiling it down very simply, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but he just kind of expressly states that to her when she asks, "Why?" And then we get the bit at the end where Jonah kept her along and says, you're rich. I might need a favor from you one day. Maybe she shows back up. I don't know.
0: I I honestly forget, but she just might Joe. Yeah. But, and the one little bit that I do like is the guy who's like, who, who gets the, gets the, the, the wrong, like the guy they call the butcher. And you think he's this terrible guy. And he was just trying to, you know, avenge his wife and everything. Um, I like the fact when they're like, why do they call you the butcher? He's like, before I moved out West, that's what I did for a living. Like all the little things that make you think he's a terrible guy, but they're just happenstance kind of a yeah. deal. So like like you said, I like the story, but I get what you're saying about the bullet, um, that that kind of gets left in the dust af- as you come to the end of the story. But one of the things that I do hate about this story, and it's a nitpick for me, and I'm nitpicking a Jonah Hicks story, is they talk about the bullet. And then when it's over, the the empty shell casing is laying on the ground, like, whether it fulfilled its duty or it missed or it says whatever. And I'm like, revolvers do not eject shell casings. Oh, boy. You know, like a, like an automatic? I'm like, yeah. so this makes no sense to me. Like, how the shell would come out of the gun and lay it on the ground. Uh, just but That's the only thing about this story that bothers me.
1: I hope someone got fired over that blunder. I do, too. So let's let's get into some Spider Man, Todd. Right. So
0: uh, Sensational Spider Man number four, Blood Brothers by Dan Jurgens um and Klaus Jansen. Uh but well Dan Juergens did art and Klaus did finished arts. Um but uh basically it's Peter has the Peter is back in town, powerless Peter, by the way, so I can get that out of the way. Um, he's back in town. Cause Jonah wants him to get pictures of that Spider-Man with uh, the skeleton that he stole. So Peter ends up doing it and he gives it to him and, uh, this is the one thing that I will always give credit and I was discussing this with someone today. Um as bad as this these sto- the clone stories can be at any given time, Dan Jurgens once again has Jay Jonah down where he brings in Peter and he's like, "Yeah, I had, you know, 4 days at the the Four Seasons or whatever and you know, I'll give you this amount of money and Peter's like, "No, you told me 2 weeks, you know, at the best hotel in New York and you were going to give me three times that." I'm going to take these pictures and I'm going to take them somewhere else, and you know Jay Jonah does all the cliche things that he's going to do to try to talk him down in the money, but uh, in the end, uh, Peter gets the best of them and gets paid, and Jonah gives away the, the the prize when he says, "I've got the wall crawler now um, when I, I hired a forensic specialist who will reconstruct that skeleton when I get my hands on it, and this picture will help me get to the bottom of it, and Peter's like, "Oh, I thought." giving the picture would like like satisfy him and he'd go on to his next thing but we got problems now. So uh cut to Ben Riley working at the coffee shop and he's thinking about uh the girl what's her name I keep forgetting it uh Jessica. Jessica who he has found out that she is the daughter of the burglar and she's obsessed with him and he's not sure what he's going to do about it um but she's basically uh Uh, what's it like, kind of like, Oh, you've been, you've been avoiding me. And he's like, ah, uh, you know, everything's okay. And they go out somewhere and uh, a bunch of like cop cars come flying by Ben spider sense goes off and he's like, Oh, I got to go. Gives one of his lame excuses. And even says, I have to, to work on that. Um, He goes, he stops basically a jewelry store heist. um, And when he's done, uh, cause Jessica is a reporter. She goes off to try and get pictures of it. And when he's done, she ends up snapping a picture of Ben without the mask on. And she realizes who he is and his spider sense ends up getting the best of him. And he ends up figuring something happened. He goes, he finds her and they try to talk and she's like, leave me alone. I don't want to talk ever again. He's like, Oh boy, I'm in trouble here. Um, so he goes to see Peter afterwards and they're burying uh the skeleton in the cemetery because he gave ben the information about like what jay jonah wants to do with the skeleton he's like okay this will be the best of it they talk a little bit about uh the the burglar because the burglar died under peter's watch actually um and they end up discussing the clone and that uh like you know well it it doesn't work out what it could be. Cause trainer said, you know, I'm the real one and you're the clone. And Peter basically says trainers tests prove nothing. I never trusted him. He was your friend, not mine. It was in his best interest to, to, to you know, to have you be real. And he's, and Ben's like, lighten up. Uh, but I, I know he didn't rig the test and he's like, well, how do you know someone else didn't something, something's not here and, I, and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Um, uh, and he's like, I'm going to work alone. I don't need your help. And Ben's like, great, just great. Um, and while at the end, Jessica is basically thinking like, what could I do? Spider-Man, the man who killed my father, I have a picture and talk about an opportunity
1: for revenge, Joe. Oh boy. There's that word again.
0: Yep. So like I said, an okay issue. We, I can start to see the wheels coming off the bus about, uh, like we said, The clone, like, what's who's the real clone? We're gonna start reverting it. But like I said, I will give Dan Jurgens; he's given his all to these stories. You know what
1: I mean? Right. So you mentioned about the Jay Jonah stuff, but it's so strange, especially during this run, to see any Spider-Man, whether it be Peter or Ben, Mm -hmm. like fight crime and quip. Right. And reading these issues makes me sad that dan Jurgens didn't get like a legitimate dedicated run on spider-man that wasn't bogged down by all this nonsense
0: right i'd like to actually see him come back maybe
1: yeah but i think
0: we're so far away from the spider-man like this jay jonah like i honestly don't think dan would want to write even today's spider-man you know what i mean yeah you never know i'm not sure it's a job
1: sometimes
0: well, you get what I'm saying. He's got work. He doesn't need to work. He's exactly. in death of Superman. The, I, the residuals are still coming in for that probably. But only if they had a union, Joey would have done better.
1: <laughs> uh, again, with the loss of uh, J.M. Dematti's on these books, you know, uh, Dan Jurgens is the lone holdout of like any sort of, you know, uh, interesting writing, good, bad, whatever, interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Not even Tom DeFalco on uh Amazing Spider-Man 411. I wanted to say 77, the number on the on the front, uh threw me up. So basically after last issue, he has his picture of Spider-Man um and he ends up putting a hundred thousand dollar uh reward for the return of the stolen skeleton. And they're all like like the every crackpot and mercenary in the area is gonna be after this. And, uh, you know, this is going to hamper the investigation, of the police and like Jonah doesn't care. He's like, this is going to bolster newspapers and, uh, you know, yada, 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 all the stuff that I liked, uh, you know, about Jonah, um, Ben's on the hunt for trainer because he's missing at this point. Um, so he's like looking around, he goes to his old place, finds that it's pretty much been cleaned out except for a couple boxes. So he ends up, uh, putting, a tracer on one of the boxes just in case it happens. Um, uh, Ben's leaving as he goes back to his apartment to change into his clothes. As he's leaving, he sees the landlord and he tells her there's no heat in the apartment. And she ends up going, like going off on him, like no heat, like maybe because there's no funds from that bum check he gave me for the rent. And she's like, you know, you're a deadbeat. And he's like, Oh, uh, I'm going to make it good. Uh, so it's like he's like up oh, something's wrong here, and uh, we cut to Ben and MJ, um, and they have their money and she's like I, he's like I wanna, you know, let's get back to she's like let's leave tonight and go back to Portland or wherever they're from hanging out now and he's like I don't know something's up with this clone I'm supposed to be the clone Seawards the, the 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 mystery to all this I have to stay around um and he's like but this is my my responsibility he's like your your only duty is to me and your unborn child um so like let's do that uh trainer is now with i guess he's been because i'm a little confused on this because i know we jump around has he been kidnapped or is he working uh together with this this villain that i don't recognize do you know or
1: we'll get into that go ahead
0: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I just can't. Um he's like, well, failure would not be tolerated. He's like, I need to be rejuvenated. I'm not sure who it is. It it may be the vulture. I don't know. It could be the scorpion. He's in green. It could be anybody, Joe. Mm-hmm. Um so uh Ben goes to the coffee shop and in there there's two people talking to Shirley who who shakes him. Um and it says that uh that he's having trouble with this uh, social security num- uh, number number. And stuff like that. So he's like, "Oh, I see what's happening now. My whole life is falling apart because trainer set all this up, and uh, you know, I can't, I can't fix it because I, I gotta find him." While uh, this is Peter and MJ are walking through the city, and they get, he gets attacked by I can't think of the group. Uh, they're just a bunch of terrible, terrible nineties villains like Brammer and Nardi and Lasher and just terrible designs. They end up just destroying Peter because they get Intel that he may have abilities, but because he's powerless now, um, he stands no chance. Um, they say that they have to take him back. Uh, the, what the woman unharmed, but not so much him. And he takes the beating of his life. Um, While that's going on, uh, Ben's swinging around town looking for uh, a trainer, and he ends up stopping a mugging Joe. Uh, Someone is uh, mugging a family, rips pearls off the necklace, um, and he gets in there and stops them. And boy, oh, boy, is that little kid wearing a Batman shirt, Joe? And they were coming out of seeing the Mark of Zorro? (gasps) Did he just stop Batman appearing in the Marvel Universe?
1: He certainly did.
0: Uh, So that basically is uh, that's pretty funny um he ends up going back to his apartment but it's been stripped bare um and it says we know who you are um so he's kind of like uh, i gotta go find uh what's going on if they know who i am then they know i work at the daily grind um he goes to the daily grind and uh there's a, a you know fire being ra- like raging in the store and everything and he's like everything that's going on in my life please don't be jessica because you know who i am is it you who who's responsible for all this uh all right story overall like i said i hated hated the uh the group that was beating up uh, peter just S- god awful
1: cell 12
0: you mean oh yeah uh, are they the next uh fire fist and wild whip joe
1: uh, I forget, I, I don't think they have many more appearances out of this, but by having two appearances means they've doubled Wild Whip's appearances. Um, whenever I see a team like this show up in a book uh, from Marvel or DC in the 90s, I always think it's a shot at image, and it typically is.
0: It's um, No, it's not. It's not a shot at image. It's them trying to be image, because I don't know how many people, do you know MC Wyman, the artist? We talked about
1: this, but yes,
0: yes, he he lives in the They like he was one of them. Like when he was drawn for Marvel, like they're like all these guys. You have to draw like image, yeah. and it's god awful. And I know I bring it up. I'm sorry I brought it up again, but uh, it's so yeah. They're not shots. They're they were getting you know some of their butt kicked on some of the titles with these big creators. So they want they want to you know to do that. I I just it's stupid.
1: <laughs> so. Uh, You know, obviously you mentioned from Sensational 4 with the skeleton showing up and the skeleton allegedly being the original clone. And we were supposed to be led that Peter was the original clone, right? And then now we have that villain that trainer is working with. Uh, The villain's name is Gaunt. Is it said in this issue or is you just telling me? It's not said in this issue only because (laughs) the way my stupid mind works is... I don't know the villain's name, but I know his shoot name if that makes any difference. <laughs> oh my God, and if I say his shoot name, that's gonna tip off what's gonna happen in the next like several weeks as we wrap everything up,
0: so he's someone we know pretending to be gaunt.
1: He's someone we know okay and oh. I, I i use I use we loosely, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. We'll get to it when we get to it. But uh, if this is not the official beginning of the reworking to put Peter back in as Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously the thing with the clone skeleton being found, uh, all of Ben's life falling apart, not having a real social security number, not having access to his funds, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, this is the official machinations of them Attempting to fix what they did through the Clone Saga.
0: Yeah. Okay. I won't. I was. I'm just an asking questions guy. Also. Yeah. So,
1: this is just asking questions podcast. I completely understand. Right. Right. Uh, so next week, uh, two more issues of each. We got two issues of Jonah Hex fifty nine and sixty, and uh, parts three and four of Blood Brothers in Spider Man sixty eight and Spectacular Spider Man two thirty four.
0: I'm super excited to get to the end of this, Joe.
1: Yes, we're getting close. It's almost at the end.
0: Right, just so I can find out how it all turns out. That's the only reason I want to uh-huh. get to the end. I'm not darting my eyes back and forth really fast.
1: So, um, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week?
0: We did. We had one from the handsomest guy to ever contribute. Uh, I did. It was the a art doctor- collector? What?
1: The art collector?
0: Derp. No, no, no He's the second handsomest oh, okay, um, good. Uh, For me, a Doc Shayner flash I got in my sketchbook during Baltimore this year It was a quick doodle But it leaves me with only two pages left And like the Twilight Zone uh, Grandfather clock When I get those pages filled I go on to the Great Beyond show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, let's keep you away from conventions For the time being, huh? Yes, yes uh, I like that piece I like the speed lines
0: right they're not stink lines they're speed lines Joe. exactly you're right. you're right but that's uh, all the art attacks this week
1: that's it just the one yep, yep. okay uh so oh uh, uh also while you're at longboxheroes.com a lot of ways to help us out you could buy stuff through our store where you could buy shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them uh I will say there are more days in the month of November where there is a T public sale where there isn't when there isn't a T public sale. I think in the entire month of November there's only seven days where everything isn't 35% off. Okay. So I think it's bad mojo if you buy in any of those seven days. Yesterday and today were two of them. Uh, so only five days left in the month of November where everything is not 35% off. And you could buy stuff, uh, logos uh, inspired by this show. Longbox Heroes After Dark, add oz with wrestling, final wrestling plays, hit my music, on uh, anything from cell phone covers to notebooks. Uh, you could find our T Public Store at tinyurl.com/longboxheroes. You could also sign up for our Patreon for as little as five dollars a month. Well, as little as a dollar a month, but for five dollars a month, uh, you get the two bonus shows, uh, six never seen movies. Uh, Where we just wrapped up a Polish vampire in (laughs) Burbank. Nailed it. Which is going to be the impetus for next year's movie project. As uh, we're about a month away to start trying to get that worked out. And uh, coming up this week we'll be recording uh, previewing the past for November 1991. And also that $5 a month limit gets you After Dark two days before everyone else. Uh, so that you get to listen to the shows in the correct listening order. Yes. uh, somebody, uh And also, lastly, uh, another way you can help us out is make, making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click through at the top of the page at Logbox Heroes does not cost you anything extra. They Amazon call it an advertising fee because if it wasn't for us, you would not know that mm-hmm. Amazon exists. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month typically the beginning of the month, just the way that those pay cycles work when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases through the uh, click through this week include a Cuisinart chef's classic non-stick hand anodized skillet. Ooh. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big skillet man, but we've recently uh, become a cast iron skillet family.
0: Oh, I love the way the food gets caked in there and you don't get it all out. It adds flavor, Joe.
1: Well, I so listen, I'm we have we have three different skillets working at any time of three different sizes, depending on what's being cooked. Mm -hmm. And usually I'm in charge of the cleaning of those. And I'm also in charge of the seasoning of those on a daily basis.
0: Oh, I could see you making the Uncle Buck pancakes. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, we have a griddle. That we put across multiple burners Oh that's the one It's as close to uh, Having like one of your hibachi tops and like a regular stove top As you can get
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, It doesn't even It doesn't distribute the heat as evenly as I'd like But it gets the job done
0: Do you flip the pancakes with a snow shovel?
1: No, unfortunately, okay. we've recently gone over to a more gluten-free thing, oh, my God. and it's less as an individual pancake, and it's more of fill the pan and cut out the pieces you want sort of thing.
0: Oh, uh, Joe, you're not living longer. You just think you are. That's...
1: Well, <laughs> these aren't decisions made by me.
0: Ugh.
1: Um. Somebody also purchased a D-choker, an anti-choking device for toddlers.
0: No, it's a, it's just a long stick with a grabber on it. I
1: was gonna shove
0: say.
1: it, shove it down the throat, pull it out. Yes. uh No, it's an actually a very elaborate, like suction device, mm-hmm. which one would assume if you were worried about, cause like you could technically give a child the Heimlich maneuver or yeah. you can give the mouth to mouth or whatever, but bearing, barring any sort of red cross certification, I would say this is your next best bet.
0: I just, whenever a young child gets something stuck in their throat, I just give them the swinging thing, like Cesaro.
1: Oh, okay. And I hope it just launches out, Joe. Oh. Yes, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody also purchased on blue, uh, Blu-ray, 4K, Ultra HD, collector's editions, uh, Halloween 1, 2, and 3. Oh, 3 is the best one. Uh, I wouldn't say 3 is the best one, but I'm glad in recent years... People have come around that three is really good. Right. They uh, just weren't. Yep. I will say that the covers for these suck. Oh. And I was sad to see how bad and ugly the Blu ray covers are for these movies. Mm-hmm. It hurts my feelings.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: And somebody also purchased on Blu ray the WFU, uh, WNUF Halloween special. What is that? Okay. Uh, this came out a couple years ago, and this was purported to be uh, found footage of a news special from the '80s, where the local <sighs> news was going to go and investigate a proposed haunted house. Okay. And it has like the commercials left in, and the tracking is all messy on it <laughs> and stuff. And obviously, this was in a day and a time and a whatever where we all knew that it was cooked, right? Uh, But it still doesn't change the fact that it's really well done. And it's one of my favorite scary things that I've seen in recent memories. And the guys behind it whose names escape me have a new project that they just Mm kickstarted. But if you're, you know, if you're sick and tired of the uh, found footage genre, but you're a horror movie person, you're a fan of 80s stuff and you've never seen this before even though i kind of just spoiled it i think you'll still get a kick out of it if you watch it and thank oh, you okay. for purchasing it you know
0: yep does your heart proud
1: yes uh it it, it it i i was so happy to see this on the list of this week's purchases you know
0: yep really quick uh the pigskin pickems joe
1: oh how's everyone doing in the pigskin pickems is the footballs have they called the football season off yet
0: no, they haven't. It's going strong, Joe. There's a new leader in the group. Uh, he, he, he'll he rena- remain nameless right now. But I'm thinking this may be the first year we may have a trophy, Um, but things may change. I don't know, I, undeclared. But I'm leading the pigskin pickums. Oh, right
1: look at that. I was going to say, was- I've been holding steady at 32nd place for the uh, <laughs> third week in a row. See, I'm not I'm not on
0: Twitter telling Marcus I'm coming for him or anything like that. I just quietly accept, you know, having the best picks this week and going there. Though I still don't know who Jack Strap is. I'm hoping he is a listener. But uh, once again, I have the power. I might pull a Vansky here. I have the power to bounce anybody that gets too close to me now that I'm at number one, Joe. So I think I may lead this all the way through.
1: You don't want to you don't want to tweet at a uh, a famous wrestler's father and ask him to do your picks for you. Oh, I may do that, but and what that's things a stupid that way? Hook. That's a stupid hook to do something like that, Joe. You ain't kidding. So, uh, so pigs can pick 'ems. I guess that's all we have left for the main show before we get into the 19 TV shows, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So uh you're gonna kick things off with talking about Stargirl, right? As I get my stargirl notes out here.
0: Yes, I am. Um basically uh now they come home from uh you know st- releasing Cindy and Stargirl uh from the Shadow Realm. Also uh while they were going to like, look for like the family looked for star girl and to bring her home and get the shade to help. Uh, they found two trails of shadow remnant and the other one was in the school where the battle happened. So they, Jade and Beth went, um, and they checked and they found some residue leftover shade material and Jade checked it with her ring and it may have infected her and the ring. So they get back home to the reunion. Beth finally gets to meet uh, Dr. Midnight, a.k.a. Chuck, if you will. So, you know, they get to have their moment and discuss things like, oh, like, do you want me to return the goggles? And he's like, no, I have my own. And, you know, they they go on. Like, if we work together, we could speed up the formula because I gave you access to the the classified files. Maybe we can find Eclipseo. So there's like nice – closure there with 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 the two of them um while that's going on uh they want to bring back the other two jsa members so courtney goes to see yolanda and ends up seeing yolanda at church she doesn't want anything to do with courtney but courtney ends up telling her like hey gives him the business about You know, she's not the first JSA -er to kill. Um, And, you know, Wildcat was on board to kill uh, Bruce Gordon. So, like, you know, hey, we can come back and discuss this. Yolanda actually freaks out over this and goes, Did you think this was going to make me feel better? Like, I don't even, you know, like, know what to say to you. Like, this just even makes me think about it worse. Um, And she leaves. Cindy sees this. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. So, uh, also, uh, Pat goes to Rex's uncle to get him to drop the charges because, uh, you know, he's a good kid and this could ruin him. like, like one mistake, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the uncle, like he gives him the, the rundown and the uncle writes on a notepad cause his jaws wired shut, go to hell. And it's even underlined. Um, so he goes, well, you know, you're a bad person and th- and this is a scene that turns dark quick and pat goes i've seen your kind bullies and thugs and blah 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 and you know uh i i know how y'all are because uh everybody's got a little bit of darkness in them even me and he ends up closing the blinds and the 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 uncle's like uh, like like nervous and he Ends up getting Rex out of prison or out of jail, like, and the pr- the charges dropped and takes him back so he can work on the uh, fixing the hourglass that he end up, you know, breaking. Um, Cindy now is like hanging out at the house and they're telling her, like, you have to be good. Don't be like, you know, like, don't we don't know if we trust you yet. But the friend of uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um Maybe the shadow is floating around the house. There's uh, you know, a shadow on the wall with a top hat. Maybe he's still alive, but he should be dead, and death's permanent in these comic book things. Um, so Cindy remembers that like he saw Courtney and Yolanda talk. So she goes to see her and basically reverse psychologies her into uh, you know, coming back to the group by saying, like, we don't need you. You're weak. You're soft. You're going to bring us down. And Yolanda's like, Courtney would never... Have you be part of the group? She's like, I'm back because I I can do this and we have a truce. She's like, Well, I don't trust you. So she comes back just to, you know, watch Courtney's back because she thinks Cindy will turn on her in a second. In the end, she talks to, to Courtney, like, I'm 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 just doing this for you. So uh that happens. Cindy ends up calling somebody that we're not sure who it is. And she says, I need you to come back. So we're gonna find out who that is, then um, uh, what is it? Uh, Jade is having visions of Courtney being eclipsed and be, like the whole JSA wiped out by Eclipso. and Beth and Dr. Midnight figure, well, we can even speed up the process if we use something from the uh, injustice society's uh, layer. so they go there. And when they get there, Bruce Gordon's there, the kid, but they're like, we could see you with the goggles, you're actually Eclipso. Um, we're we're you know, we're gonna take you down. We've called the whole JSA and they're on their way. And he's like, good, because that's exactly what I wanted, and I want Courtney. Once again, we see the like the visions of uh her being eclipse, red eyes, and she's like, de- looks like she's defeated the, the the Justice Society. And he says, with that, I could become you, you know, your new God. And with the great darkness is, or no, what does he say? So whatever it is, it's from the old, like, Eclipso crossover. And I forget the exact phrase. I forgot to write it down. But I got goosebumps when he said uh, that line because it reminds me of the crossover. I like this episode. And we go into the ending this week, I guess. With the, um...
1: The Darkness Within.
0: The Darkness Within. That yeah. was the name of the, the annual crossover.
1: Right. Okay. Uh, like this episode, this definitely felt, in a good way, uh, very much like we're trying to wrap up all the storylines that we started for the season. Yep. Um, You know, we get the bit where... so. Uh, This doesn't feel like a typical C- CW show, and I hope someone gets fired over this <laughs> because characters are talking to each other and resolving issues by discussing things with each other. Right. Like how, even though it was in the shadow realm, Courtney brings up, like, whatever happened with her and her mom that she saw in there.
0: Oh, yep, forgot about that. That's right. a great
1: scene, yeah. To kind of resolve, like, whatever their feelings are. Uh, You mentioned Cindy confronting Yolanda over everything with the leaked photos from, like, episode two of season one you know
0: right not to be funny and i think I, I i don't want to toot my own horn and go back to that i think i even said i thought cindy was the one who released the pictures all those all that time ago
1: i think they didn't come right out and say that i think they uh intimated that you know but they never like i said they they gave us enough information to figure that out but i will give you the i'll give you your sure. own todd nod on that one.
0: Oh, thank you
1: okay um I felt as though Pat's heel promo that he caught on Rick's <laughs> uncle might've been a little out of character for Pat, but again, it was in the ends to a, me- you know, means to an end sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think you overlooked the most important part of the episode
0: what where the, the dog
1: more- has the run of the house and just tears <laughs> everything up in his own risky business, oh. uh, home alone sort of thing
0: with, I'm too sexy in the background.
1: My only complaint there, I think they should have did fight for your right to party or bad to the bone to be a to be all, instead of being a little bit on the nose to be exactly on the nose.
0: Right. And I forgot one thing, Joe. Uh, Mike finds Jakeem and in in probably the most realistic CGI hamburger I've oh, ever my seen. goodness. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. The second biggest CGI hamburger I've ever seen. Um, I, I can't tell you where I saw the first one, but it even cast a, a really good, not fake shadow on the person looking at it. Oh, my God. When I saw that hamburger, I'm like, Joe's got notes about this hamburger.
1: I tried not to be negative in regards to this episode. The only thing that was missing was Solomon Grundy eating it.
0: Oh, my God. How great would that have been?
1: <sighs> He's too full of apples. How, how, yeah. <laughs> how about them apples, Solomon Grundy? Uh how how difficult would it have been to be like just like whipped like have somebody fabricate like a practical effects giant hamburger
0: they or like have, a matte
1: painting or something?
0: How about just doing an actual burger and then super impo- green screening it in? Like you know what I mean? Something like, like like I don't know what they did for that. Like that's the wig of burgers right there, Joe.
1: Yes, I'll tell you. So speaking of which, I guess we can get into Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, yes. So uh, a rare episode where we don't have the multiple subplots going on, really. Because mm-hmm. uh, usually, like you know, the, the legends are off doing their own separate little adventures and stuff. Uh, and typically we're bouncing back and forth. And we're like, oh, they're up to this and they're up to that and they're up to this. Um, but the, the 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 through line... Um of this is them uh and again, I say them it's uh Astra and spooner attempting to make sure that they can get giddy and her memories back right' uh Astra attempts to do a spell and it knocks them off uh they knocks or knocks her out because they give her like some sort of problem that's too difficult for her to figure out because. Uh, They want her to steal the strawberry rhubarb pie from the windowsill, not unlike cartoon characters from the 40s, where the the scent of it was carrying them over. Um, But that pie was going to win some sort of ribbon at the fair. And Gideon couldn't take it because then that would disrupt history. And that caused her to get messed up.
0: Right. My only nitpick with this whole episode is the fact that it didn't have like a smell smoke. And, like, lifted Gideon off her feet by her nose. That right. was the only problem I had with the whole episode.
1: So it could have. It didn't. It should have. But here we are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so Gideon gets knocked out. They cast a spell to go inside of her head. They run back into Jefferson, the other half of Firestorm. And he's speaking in his normal British accent. Or this is just the way Gideon remembers her. Yeah,
0: because everybody speaks with a British accent in her in her head for now.
1: Yes. Um while this is going on, we go back to Bishop, if you remember the villain from the previous season, he is having flashbacks of everything that they mind wiped out of him and he finds in his jacket. And I guess this is the closest that we have to two stories going on concurrent to each other. Right. Excuse me. Uh, But the two stories are very directly tied together because it's all about Gideon, right? This was the Gideon episode. Right. So while Bishop is trying to figure this sort of stuff out, he's slowly but surely having those memories that the legends erased from him come back to him. So he's attempting to figure out how to do the factory reset on the Gideon that he has here while on inside Gideon's memories inside whatever version of that Wave Rider, is we meet, I guess, Evil Gideon, Blue Gideon, who is showing our Gideon the bad stuff that happened in her life, specifically Mm -hmm. Rip Hunter, um, programming her to learn from the legends.
0: Right, she's not human. She thinks she evolved, but the, the other Gideon's like, no, you didn't evolve, it's just a program that Rip gave you. So don't get too, you know, tied to it.
1: Right, and it's making her like relive all these bad things, like when Barat died and that sort of stuff. Right, but most importantly, we get cameos from all the previous other legends. Even- I was so I was so happy to see Captain Cole back. I was so happy to see Eugene Grimby from the Wool Council back. <laughs> I missed you saying that. Go ahead. Um, I'm uh, Brandon Routh as the Adam, but like we couldn't even get Mick for this. Right, well, Mick. Bowed out. But he was there. He was on the floor, passed out. Uh Uh-huh. He sure was. (laughs) And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, did they actually get everyone back? Or is this, like, all repurposed footage? And then there was the bit where they were celebrating all of the birthdays and holidays and everything together at once. And Gary has the ham-fisted dialogue about how to eat a person. I mean a person-shaped cookie, not an actual person. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, this is is new – because I think this whole thing of Gary being a person eating alien is something that they've written within the last like two years. That wasn't, I don't think that was in Gary's original character arc.
0: Well, let's just say, cause I knew, so I kept it quiet. Cause I saw that they were all coming back for this mm-hmm. episode that they were going to at least, you know, show up on the set to do whatever little scenes that they had, you know what I mean. And I will say uh, Grimby or whatever you say his name is from the Wool Council. You can yes. tell he's a lot older because his voice was cracking while he was singing.
1: He's an old man, you know. But
0: he's the one that I noticed it most on. And wasn't there a Hawk woman? There was a Hawk woman. Didn't show up. I guess they couldn't get. They couldn't find her number.
1: Right. And I was shocked to see Brandon Ralph back because didn't he have kind of like a passive aggressive like, yep. uh, "I had fun but good ridden sort of uh, like social media post about his dealings with the Legends. Yep, and his wife showed up, Nora. Yeah,
0: she walked through holding like a bucket, like a in a like a witch's hat, and he's like, "She's like I'm, because she's a witch. She's like you know, I'm." accepting it i was like holy crap she's back too and she and that was part of the falling out because they kind of disrespected her and he that was his wife so like seeing them but once again they still couldn't afford the adam suit
1: so yeah but it was fun seeing all these characters that i love from the show back and then it just makes me miss them you know
0: I agree. And I do love the thing I love the most about the episode besides all the people coming back was the segues in the shot, like where the wall would kind of spin. Yeah. I know it's so small, but I was like, that was really intense the way they did it. And it was an easy shot. So I don't know. I just, I, I I really liked the episode. Legends was fun, but uh, hopefully we'll get more Wentworth Miller because he's not doing anything that I can see.
1: I'm sure he's busy staying out of trouble.
0: Yeah, he's trying to keep his uh, psychic heat wave out of trouble.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, so I guess next up in the batting order is Doctor Who. Todd, I'm going to let you take this one.
0: Oh, I really thought you were going to, you know, lead the band on this one, but I'll I'll take over. Um, so the ish, the episode starts out with the Doctor and Yaz being, you know, held up by I. I can't remember the name of the villain, but uh, he, you know, they're like, oh, we're chasing you. But they have him over acid uh, with a with a hover bar and, you know, restraints and everything. And he leaves and he's like, I'm going to leave you. They end up getting away in a classic like Doctor Who, like craziness and the uh, handcuffs are voice activated. But maybe they were established when she was Scottish. So she doesn't know how to get them out. Um, But she ends up, you know, getting away and they're like, oh, we have to find him because he said he's heading to earth kind of a deal. So uh, we're going to go, we're going to go hunt them down while that's going on. uh, We jump to the character whose name is swarm. I don't know if they said it in the show, but it was in the credits that he's at, you know, uh, at the beginning of time being held. And every once in a while, these uh, division people who work for the Gallifreyans come to check on him. He ends up, breaking free and he does this whole vision like the whole thing he sends as a vision to the doctor who's like who kind of like messes her up um, and she's she's just like playing it off and the TARDIS is acting up and I'm just going to say this like to jump through it like at this point it's you know not working later on it's leaking uh, the door is appearing in the wrong spots so uh, something's definitely up with that. And uh, so they go to earth where we end up meeting Dan, who's going to be the new companion and he's in Liverpool and he's giving fake uh, tours at the museum for while well, his girlfriend or uh, the girl, he wants to date who works there. And she shows up and says, you know, Hey, stop it. or are you going to get me fired? He's like, Oh, okay. Um, let's have a date tonight. Her name is die. He's like, okay, I'll meet you. It's Halloween. We'll go have a good time. He goes home. Um, and on the way we find out that he works for the food bank, helping people with, you know, food because they don't have money and he won't take any of it, even though he's starving, which puts him over as a good guy and a good companion, a uh, future companion material. He goes home and somebody, you know, knocks down his door and it's the villain from the beginning. And the name is Carvinista and they take off their mask and they're a big dog. And he thinks he's, uh, like a, a costume. And he's like, no, no, no. And he ends up putting him in a stun cube and taking him away. The doctor and Yaz appear and they figure out that, you know, that they were there um, and that they stunned him and took him away. She feels that they left a trap. The the dog left a trap. So they get out. But the house shrinks. She puts it in her pocket because she's used to, you know, stuff being smaller and stuff like that. But they run into Claire, who is this character who's like, I know you but you don't know me. It's a wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing. And she's like, all right, we'll meet later. Uh, I don't uh, doctors. Like I don't have time for this, but it was nice meeting you. They leave that Claire ends up meeting a weeping angel later. We'll jump to that. And she gets weeping angels, throw you back in time. So she's been thrown back in time somewhere. Um, Probably to where in the beginning of the episode, which I forgot is someone in the 1800s was building tunnels under Liverpool for a c- cataclysm. And I think that's where she went. So um, they end up chasing the, the dog. They find them and they think, you know, that there's a billion other ships, seven other billion ships coming to earth. They're like, okay, um, what's this? We think it's an invasion. We end up finding out that it's not an invasion, that these dog creatures are Bonded with one person, one dog for one human. And they're coming to save all the people from something called the flux, which is this universe ending disaster and their ships are built to withstand it. And she's like, oh, OK, so they break Dan out and um, they end up uh, figuring out that the, the flux is coming because this swarm ends up going to find his sister who was on Earth disguised and it kind of gets released and another person who's maybe another companion called uh Vinder sees it. he's on an outpost, and he ends up like escaping and telling whoever threw over the radio like it's coming, stop it so uh the doctor ends up having uh the dog people end up using their ships to form a bubble because if they can withstand the flux, they could save the planet, builds a shield around it. they can't get in in time. And, uh, they end up getting kind of sort of trapped, uh, with the flux coming at them and they're about to be destroyed by it. And then we find out that the swarm sister has an interest in Dan's would be girlfriend for some reason. So uh, at the end, we leave a whole bunch of cliffhangers. There's a lot going on in this episode. And as a Doctor Who fans, they're actually hitting a lot of the high notes, giving us, oh, if you like that, here's something similar. The Weeping Angels, this, that, Blink, had somebody who met the Doctor out of time, so we're giving you some of that. There's a lot going on here, but uh, I'm actually interested in how you found the episode because I can't even imagine somebody who's not in Doctor Who lore what, how it worked for you? Did you enjoy it or were you completely
1: confused? I understand the fiend lore better than I understand whatever was going on in this episode.
0: Right. So you hated it.
1: I didn't hate it. Um, obviously, because I know we're going to be watching it. Um, I, f- it very much felt as though there was a lot being given to the audience, mm-hmm. um, of stuff that's going, that has, that is callbacks to other stuff. Right. Right. And obviously, I know. Next to nothing about Doctor Who, right? I got the significance of the Weeping Angel being there, but as to the why that it's showing up there, a lot of this is – I get all – like, so the – everything together was very confusing. Mm -hmm. It was a lot for someone coming into this, but obviously – a majority of Doctor Who people have been here for the long run, whether it's long run since it came back in 2005 or whatever year it was, or has been here since the very beginning, right? There's right. very few of us that are three years in, four years in, whatever it is that I've been watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but the overarching story of everything, at least, I'm intrigued to see where that's going to go. The idea of the flux, how it's breaking down the particles. I like the looks of the villains, Hmm. I thought they had very interesting designs, uh, interesting motivations, and of course, you also mentioned the one villain. Um, and obviously, there's all this stuff of. So the woman Claire shows up. Is she someone we should know? Who that is? Nope. Okay. Nope. So this is where the problem with that stuff comes in. Is there's so much stuff in this that is for, Like I recognize, I think, just from general Doctor Who stuff, like the dog alien person. Or those like weird aliens that look like they're just like potato head things, right?
0: That's actually funny because that's what they joke and call them the Santarans. They're like the potatoes. Okay. Um, but they're just in because they're the next episode is called the Santaran War, so we're gonna see their
1: story play out there. You know what I mean? Right. But when you get all these beats and bits. Of things that definitely have been from the past, but not anything that I've watched. And then a person like Claire shows up, and I'm like, oh, she's also something from the past. It's like, nope, she's a brand new thing for this season that's also from the past. I'm like, okay, well, who knows what – like, I I don't know if I'm coming or going with any of this. But, of course, we get the bit with the villain where the villain recognizes the doctor. They've done this dance a thousand times. You know, the, he looks forward to doing this again with the doctor, and of course the doctor has no memory of him.
0: Right. Because he's from before, I mean, you watch the show. Remember when we found out that there was a there was doctors before the first doctor? Yes. This is her memory's been wiped or whatever. So the the division, which is why she was hunting the dog guy, is because she's he's the only one who worked for them and she wants everything answers now i will say since this is only six episodes everything is probably going to get wrapped up very quickly and we're going to get more answers as we go and i do agree it's a first uh, confusing episode for one of six when we usually get 10 to to 13 episodes so um i don't know hopefully it'll get uh you know quicker for you but at least you don't have to go 13 or whatever it's only six
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or five more you got and you're out
1: right we'll see Mm mm-hmm well, there's there's five more than the New Year's special, right?
0: I don't think so. I don't think we get – I think New Year's – maybe there is a New Year's special. I forget where the specials work out because there's three or four next year. So we'll see. I'll keep you – don't worry. I'll keep you abreast of the situation.
1: So uh, last but not least, we have uh, the series finale of Why the <laughs> Last Man. Just the season because it might get saved. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, so a lot of this episode is the back and forth of, I would assume, a last dinner that Yorick and Hero had with their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of get to see like the dynamic of all of their relationships with each other. Most notably, how Yorick and Beth, at least at this dinner, don't seem to be the happy couple that we're led to believe that they are. Uh,
0: I wouldn't... Say that I think it was just uncomfortable mm. because of hero um they they didn't yeah I'll, I'll, they just didn't agree on whether she should take the job in Australia, but they seemed like an okay couple there It was more hero being the the problem here,
1: yeah but uh so we have that going on. we have uh hero with the uh uh revelation to and again I feel bad my notes are a mess with all the stuff that we had to watch this week, you know.
0: Which person? Nora? Roxanne?
1: No, no. No, no, no. Uh Yorick and the woman at the prison that he is going to sleep with.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Hero, but I get what you're saying.
1: Nice. No, okay. Um so we get their bit back and forth, we get stuff with Dr. Mann and 355 where they seem to be developing a relationship possibly? Yep. Uh Sonia by the way, Sonia is the woman with Yorick. Okay. Uh then we have um he, uh, Hero of course with the group with uh Roxanne and we have Nora of course and there's still contentiousness there. They had stumbled upon, like, an Olympic-sized swimming pool, and they're, like, all celebrating, getting getting ready for their big raid on this town that they don't know is the women's prison, but they're pretty sure that Yorick is there. Uh, two other women show up to kind of chase them off and kind of giving them some information that the world outside is starting to fall apart because they received information that the president is dead. The president right. has been shot. And Hero yeah. takes this very poorly because, as far as Hero knows, they're talking about her mother. hmm So, with this information, they go and they make their raid on uh, the town, and that goes uh, poorly as well. They keep doing the shot with uh, Nora noticing the people in the town looking up at stuff. Mm-hmm. Waiting for, like, the sniper on the roof that inevitably, inevitably shows up. But go back and watch those scenes. I think the actress who plays Nora, who is usually pretty good in this, is, like, kind of overreacting a little bit. That, like, she's overreacting, at them reacting to looking up, and nobody else is noticing her acting so erratically because of this. I don't know. It was just kind of, like, stuck out, like, a little bit of a sore thumb there.
0: That's so um, you could... For the people in the cheap seats can see She's looking up
1: shows. I guess, I don't know
0: But no, I get you, I get you But I also feel she wanted this raid to go sideways
1: Yeah, because as soon as it starts to even go slightly sideways She kind of surrenders, right? Mm-hmm And the the woman who was down there Who was kind of in charge is like Nope, uh, they surrendered We have to, you know, kind of give it up And let them go and everything else like that And then they just go back to the pool thing, right? Mm-hmm And they're just like, well, that was a failure. And uh, Nora and Roxanne have their last big confrontation. Uh, Nora ends up shooting Roxanne in the head. And this is where we get the big revelation that Nora's real name is Victoria. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is the title of the episode, but I don't quite understand the significance of this.
0: I don't know either was the name of the person from the book... Who led the Amazons, Victoria?
1: I don't recall because I haven't read the book in however many years, you know, 15 years.
0: Right, I, 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 a lot of it was lost on me on that yeah. part because they end up like getting into names. Like she says, like hero names. Who gets over? Like who? Who gives their kid that name? They they'll never live up. And then she discusses the Shakespeare, and she says, "I changed my name," and I'm like, "Well, why didn't she like the name Victoria? Is it something to do with like Victoria being a queen?" Like I, I honestly. I did not get all of that. But I did like Nora in other parts of the show, like when she's talking to her daughter and says something like, well, you have to be strong because I tried blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I end up like, well, you're just starting to sound like Roxanne. She's like, no, Roxanne sounds like me and don't ever forget it. And I'm like, all right, Nora's coming
1: around. You know what I yeah. mean?
0: Um, so I can't wait to see where her storyline goes. <laughs> now, uh,
1: then of course, as the uh, battle at the prison is starting to, to dissipate their whole thing is we're going to create 355 and Dr. Man are going to create a diversion or no uh 355 yeah 355 is going to create a diversion uh they have one of the other folks there who can pass for mail they put him her off as the stand-in for Yorick while Yorick and Dr. Man um and Sonia try to make a getaway and the people that end up cutting them off is Hero. And this is where Hero and Yorick have their meetup. They find out that they're both still alive. This is when Hero tells Yorick that his mother is dead. um, Because she got the information the president is dead. But she's not dead. Jennifer is with Beth and Sam. Uh, however they got together is up to us. Um, But now they have to kind of figure out. Because they get a raid on the house by the Culper Ring. Mm -hmm. While this is going on, um, one of the other people from Roxanne's group end up shooting Sonia. So Hero shoots her as kind of retaliation, and that's kind of cover to let Dr. Man and Yorick get away. They meet up with 355 and are given the information because um, even though in the last episode, 355 got rid of that tracer thing that she had— Another one showed up and it led them to a car that had maps and was full of gas and everything else like that. So it's going to lead them to the Culper Ring folks uh, who have picked up the president as well. So Mm -hmm. there's a there's a thread of getting all these characters back together. Uh, We also had the weird bit where Kim was fantasizing about being with Yorick as well, which was interesting.
0: God gave her a vision, Joe. Mm
1: -hmm, Sure did. (laughs) <laughs> um but I really tried they I really feel as though they tried to stick this landing as best as they could um to give us hope for another season but you know I I think ultimately knowing that we're not going to get another season anytime soon um that this unfortunately ends up just being a little unsatisfying
0: Right. As any show that doesn't, you know, has this kind of wide scoping thing when it doesn't get picked up again. You know, that's the nature of the beast watching a formula, a formula, uh, a a serial TV show. You know what I mean? It can happen if it runs its whole course. You get to see it. If if not, you left you're left with a ton of questions. And um, if you have questions, go read the comic. That's what I tell people. Mm -hmm. You know, even though we're so far off the reservation on the story at this point. Um, I don't remember why the last man perfectly, but I don't remember a lot of this stuff happening,
1: you know? Yeah. So. Um, for sure. So I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, it definitely felt like the comic book, but it felt not enough like the comic book that I want to read the comic book again to kind of relive and re-enjoy that.
0: Uh, I'm the same way. And the whole thing with this makes me not want to review Sandman for the show. Okay. And I'm being serious. Like this is one of those things that I'm thinking about in my head. You know how we always joke around and we're kind of serious about like do things that make you happy. Uh, like on this show and you know, you'll or are good time and good. And it, and it transfers over to the listeners and everything like that because like little things were bothering me about, even though I don't remember it that well about why the man, the last man, I think when I hit the changes in Sandman, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm, I'm going to be a bad, bad, bad reviewer. Um, but that's all I'm now. I'm all, all I'm thinking about is Sandman down the line.
1: um, yeah, so that's, so, and again, it's it's terrible to compare anything to anything else, really. Mm-hmm. Um, only because, invariably, you're going to come to the position where, especially when we're talking about comic books, that, you know, we're going to compare the Why the Last Man TV show to the Why the Last Man comic book, which are two completely different things. We're going to compare the Preacher TV show to the Preacher comic book, which is unfair because it's two completely different things. Mm-hmm um obviously preacher lives in my head much more vividly than why the last man does not that why the last man doesn't it's in there but it's more of the bare bones of things where i could remember like entire things of preacher whereas with sandman you probably have a leg up on me on this but that's something that very vividly still i think about all the time like not consciously but it's subconsciously in my head
0: I I, I get you. And then Sandman, like I said, I can almost do the issue by issue. You know what I mean? I can rattle off the names of the, the trades, the stories of each one. It's like preludes and nocturnes, like, you know, dream country, like doll's house. Like, you know, you go down, you go down them. Um, But like, I look at it, it's like, he's like preacher went off the rails and I, and, and that, but here's, it's weighing the options because I look at the boys, the boys has the feel of the comic, but I never finished the comic. So I have no, yeah. Uh, I have no uh you know dog in the in, in the fight. So I like it more. And it's it's fun to watch. And I don't care if they they, you know, Stormfront was a man in the comic and she's a woman in the in the TV show. But all the little things like with Why the Last Man and uh and stuff like that, it just it just changed everything. We're Walking Dead, I love because even though they changed it for seasons, it was great. I, I liked Walking Dead, but I wasn't as invested in it the way I was, you know, my formative years of reading stuff that wasn't superheroes, a la Preacher, Sandman, Hellblazer, basically all of Vertigo. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's, it's, the, it's, the, uh, it's the expectation you have in your head versus how much you loved whatever you read to how good they actually do it. Like if you change everything and it's an A+. Plus, I give you a lot of leeway, but usually it's, it's not, if that makes any sense,
1: but I'm done right. but So that being said, I have a feeling when the Sandman TV sh- show comes out, whether you do a reread of everything or not, mm-hmm. uh, you are going to be me when it comes to the nitpicking of the TV show.
0: Yes. Especially the way you were with like preacher when we did watch it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and that's fine. I, I, I'm starting to come around on your way now, Joe. So we'll see. And the other problem with it, too, is Sandman is going to be Netflix, which is going to be all at once. And I always hate doing the
1: all at once you know. Exactly. Anyway. Um, Like I said, I I enjoyed the show for what it was. It just I I feel as though the landing, I think not knowing going into the ending Um, that the show wasn't getting renewed on FX and probably won't get picked up anywhere else for a long time, Um, just kind of felt flat, you know?
0: Right. If it does come back, will you finish it?
1: Yeah, if it does come back, we'll, you know, and it's on like a network that people get, you know?
0: I was just curious, because it was like, you know, you never know. You might be like, "Ah, it depends on how long it takes too, you know? Mm -hmm. But, okay. Well, it could be
1: like, it could be like the second season of uh, Outcast, you know?
0: that is true yeah or it could be like season three of orville like i know that's not a show you watch that's with the seth MacFarlane star trek parody where i think we're on our third year of waiting for season three Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous but we'll
1: see well i think that's everything right
0: i believe that's everything definitely a short show this week
1: yeah uh no comments. uh (laughs) thanks for listening everyone uh for todd this is joe uh, saying this was episode 579 of Longbox Heroes and we'll see you all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.
1: Boop!
0: You're listening to the soon to be named network. The Lamborghini of Podcast Network.